is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Aretha Franklin with Think and a great way to start the programme too. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And right alongside them, we bring someone who is shaping the world of business and we call them business shapers. I've got a fantastic business shaper with me today. Her name is Holly Tucker and many of you will know her first business, which was called Not or is called Not on the High Street. It's a place where you can go and find beautiful things and have been able to do so for over 10 years but she's also also the founder of a new thing called holly and co and you're going to be hearing lots about both of them very shortly in addition to hearing from holly you'll be hearing from our program partners at mishkondorea some words of advice for your burgeoning business and then we've got the music and it's brilliant today some of my favorites nina simone is in there dave brubeck gil scott heron and this from the one and only gilberto Gil. Menina baiana tem encanto que Deus dá. Toda menina baiana tem um jeito que Deus dá. Toda menina baiana. Gilberto Gil with Toda Menina Baiana. This is Jazz Shapers, as I said earlier, and Holly Tucker is my business shaper today. And Holly was one of the co-founders behind Not On The High Street back in 2006. And she's also recently, and we're going to talk, be talking about that very shortly, uh, the founder of Holly & Co., which is an incredible idea aimed at small businesses. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Well, you're very welcome. I'm very pleased to be here. Now, 2006, a long time ago. I want to take you back there for a moment. Why did Holly Tucker decide to set up Not on the High Street? Then we're going to go back a bit more into advertising and, and things like that. How did it come to be that you went, I know what I'm going to do? And, and actually explain what it is that, that Not on the High Street is for those people that may not know. So um, starting with what it is, notonthehighstreet.com is a marketplace. We now use that term uh, quite readily. But at the time in 2006, no one had even heard what a marketplace was except for Amazon and eBay. And um, today it is a place where it has 5,000 small businesses, over 200,000 products. All of the products are unique or handmade, made by those small businesses and really not not on the high street is that go-to place where you want to be introduced to something that is less ordinary as a product. Um, you're probably looking to give a gift um, to someone that means a lot to you. And this is a place where you can go and find something um, that really speaks to you. You can personalise a lot of the products. Um, and it's just been a phenomenal success. Um, it wasn't always that way, though. Um, certainly not. Uh, 2006 was a very different landscape to what it is today. Um, um, and it all came about really from one of my previous businesses, 
your local fair, which was set up when I was working in a publishing world, wanted to be more creative, um, was going through a lot in my life and um, decided that I wanted to be a small business myself. So I would moonlight like a lot of small businesses that I mentor now. Um, so in the day I would work and at night I would actually pull together um, less ordinary wreaths, which is not necessarily a story which I like. Necessarily. I'd like to say it's cooler than wreaths, but it was actually wreaths. Um, and I would make uh, vegetable wreaths and things that were less ordinary and, and uh, would try and sell it in my local town, uh, Chiswick at the time. And um, funny enough, I wanted to sell it at a fair and I looked around in Chiswick, which I would have thought would have had a nice Christmas fair that I could have a store. There wasn't one. So I thought, well, how hard would it be to actually create the Chiswick Christmas fair that, so I could have a store um, and sell my less ordinary Christmas reset? So in my lunch hours, I would create the fair and in my evenings, I would make the wreaths. And so in a very long time ago, um, I put on the first Chiswick Christmas Atmosphere. It had a hundred stalls. I'd handpicked them. It was a huge success. I got the best stall, uh, which I thought was the which I thought was the you know the pinnacle point of this story. Sold all of my wreaths, but then realised at that point in time that there was such a demand for people to experience uh, small businesses that they had not seen before. So that evening, I am. Um, jumped into my Peugeot 205, made all the wreaths, delivered them all, and then quit that business um, within a within a week, I think it was, that I was telling my father, and uh, started a company that put on great events um, that pulled together small businesses um, that were not used to being um, sold in that town and would advertise it. Because of my background, I was able to really get the publicity for these events. I would always have a stall doing bits and bobs, but soon I just got rid of that and just put on these events and through that I realised once it wasn't raining and once it wasn't uh, you know the M4 wasn't blocked and all the stallholders couldn't get there when it worked it really worked because there was this spark between someone who was looking um, to buy something less ordinary something that wasn't just found on your high street um, and then there was a small business who was also desperate to meet that person but they didn't necessarily have the marketing ability or the budget and the only option they had at this point in time, and this is going back to 2004, was a stall in a town hall, um, which actually is quite archaic. It goes back to how we used to sell eggs. And that is how, after a couple of painstaking years of doing that, I realised that we needed to take that concept, uh, the 24-hour day fair, and put it on that thing called the internet. Stay with me to find out what happened when my very less ordinary business shaper Holly Tucker worked out that that 24 place, 24 hour place was indeed the internet. Uh, lots more coming up from Holly, my business shaper, but time for some more music right now. This is Nina Simone with Mr. Bojangles. I knew a man, Bojangles, and he danced for you. Worn out shoes with silver hair, a ragged shirt and baggy pants. Old soft shoe. He jumped so high. 
the thoughtful Nina Simone with the thoughtful Mr. Bo Jangles. Holly Tucker is my business shaper, and she was very eloquently explaining how that old-fashioned notion of putting stalls around places, physical stalls, was very good if it didn't rain and there were enough people in there, but not so good, uh, well, probably at 3 o'clock in the morning when someone might want to go and buy something. Luckily for you, Holly, there was this thing that was burgeoning called the internet. So not on the high street was literally those things that you couldn't get on the high street. And you started this thing. Tell me uh, in the early days, so you have this idea and and you you strike me immediately as someone who's like, well, I've got the idea, I'm going to go and do it. I mean, not everyone would say there isn't a fair in Chiswick, we're going to create one, but you did. So I suppose the next natural step for you is they would say, well, there isn't something on the internet, let's do it. Tell me about the first couple of things that were difficult for you to to over to overcome before that business got off the ground there were far more than a few actually in those early years um number one i had a three-month-old baby uh harry i didn't have a business partner at that point in time um i knew i didn't want to go it alone and so after um a number of painstaking it must have only been weeks it seems like months i picked up the phone um actually i sent an email to sophie who um became my business partner and asked her. um, We'd worked together at Publicis and Advertising. Uh, She was actually my boss um, and asked if she was up for um, possibly exploring something, which was this 24-hour day fair online. And within 24 hours, I've still got the email actually, June 2005, I get a yes. And so thank goodness um, I had a partner in crime. So the two of us with with a very very small child and she had very two smaller children but slightly older would get together in our respective homes uh, with dog cages and uh, play pens and bottles and sterilizers and would try and work out now when you look at it we were trying to work out how to build a marketplace um this was two people who had had dot com experience in the bubble and both worked for dot coms uh but and loved retail hadn't worked in retail both in advertising understood consumers understood um the power of pr understood what people want and being able to you know join the dots um but actually not the mechanics or the experience to say right well uh, we went from a technical um background so building a marketplace back in 2006 is uh, we were one of the first uh, I think in the world actually uh, we were before Etsy um, and so that was a huge thing to overcome I think because we were women and I think because we regarded not on the high street as a child um, and had this maternal feeling towards it it meant we would never give up where I think a lot of people would Um, that first year we didn't have a weekend um, ever Um, we were on um, baked beans literally not being paid a salary we had husbands who were working young children mortgages to pay we were writing checks out on our credit cards for the staff that we did have When we realised in the summer that we were running out of money, which is a normal thing for a fast growing idea. But again, it seems like everyone talks about it today. But in in those days, you weren't speaking about it. We had to raise money and the banks obviously weren't interested. And we had to go and do this thing called, um, you know, sort of packing our bags and going into the city and uh, knocking on doors of VCs who would uh, see these two women um, with blonde hair coming in with their... 
uh, personalised T-shirts and things and would look at us as if we were selling crafts and that we wanted to just create a little shop. And we were trying to very much explain the bigger picture um, to them and how we felt that the future was going to be about the internet being curated and actually you wanted a voice and an opinion behind things. But this was 10 years ago. Luckily, in the end, um, in 2000, end of 2006, we found that partner um, and it was a gentleman called Tom Teichman who wrote out the first check to lastminute.com. And just very briefly before we go to the traffic and travel, what do you think convinced him? What was the one thing that convinced him he should put his money in? Well, he it was called Spark Ventures at the time and he turned to Sophie and I and he said, you guys have the spark. I see it. You know how to connect with your customers and that's all I need. And so it was very lucky that we found someone who understood what customer insight really meant. Stay with me for much more about what customer insight meant and how Holly and her team and her new backer went and uh, uh, did some extraordinary things. Ladies, travel in a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondorea for your business. I'm Emma Walcott. I'm an associate in the reputation protection team at Mishkondorea, part of the private uh, department. Businesses of all sizes need to be very careful about how they and their employees engage on social media. We advise all businesses to have a robust social media policy so that staff are aware what they can and cannot say on social media, either for business use or in their own time. Staff need to be well aware that what they say on social media, um, even on the weekends and in their own name, can have a very um, severe adverse impact on the business's brand and that may have um, ramifications for their employment. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday I get to talk to someone who's shaping the world of business, doing extraordinary things. If you've missed any of the previous 250-plus programmes, it's extraordinary in itself, I think. Um, you can go into iTunes or British Airways High Life or even cityam.com if you fancy. Lots of places, in other words. Talking of places, not on the high street is where we're focusing today, and it's Holly Tucker who's one of the founders of that brilliant business, of that business that I think has returned or returned about £600 million or created income of 600 million pounds since its launch what strikes me about you amongst other things is just how driven you are you talked about when your kids were really little and um, Sophie's kids were little we all know how hard that is I mean it is a it is absolutely time consuming it is exhausting and yet there you were trying to create a business why what was what was pushing you to do that I do ask myself sometimes because I'm now going through launching Holly & Co where my son is 12 years old um, and it's pretty difficult now. I, I do look back and I think how on earth did we actually survive? I remember many of the evenings um, crying um, two, three o'clock in the morning just for sheer exhaustion. Um, Sophie's children at this point were quite a few years older than um, Harry was and I'd missed his first steps um, that day and um, you didn't have iPhones in that time um, so there was no recording of it or anything like that and my partner Frank called me and said, you know, Harry's um, taken his first steps and, and at that point in time I thought, right, that's it. I am damaging my child more than anything, you know, I am not present. And uh, being someone who um, loved children and, and, and always wanted to be a mother from a crazily young age, I just thought, what, what am I doing? Um, but there was something burning inside of me 
to do good, I think. And and I've realised that more now um, through Holly & Co, what probably drove me when I was younger, building not on the high street, you know, I was 28 years old. Um, I have a desire to help people. And uh, and that was more than the money, was it? That was more than the motivation. Always been more than the money. You probably did. So that, that's, I guess, what, what I was getting to. And, and for those of you that don't know, um, it's a couple of things about Holly. She was awarded an MBE in 2013 for services to small businesses and also was appointed by uh, the previous Prime Minister, David Cameron, as UK Ambassador for Creative Small Businesses in 2015. And he won many other things as well. Once you knew that, was it just a question of time about moving on to Holly & Co? Was it a question of time about doing your thing or were you then in the throes of growing a business? Well, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm you know, I think, I, you know, I was born an entrepreneur um, in the proper sense in, in, in that um, many setbacks, I just get up again and do it again, whether it was the, um, you know, the first tuck shop in my school to um, the cleaning job I had at 13. Um, I have been someone who's been in a hurry. My nickname when I was younger was Hurricane Holly. I um, have done many things. I've lived many lives already. And so once I was on the roll and I realised it was working and that I was going, it was going to change lives, you couldn't stop me. And uh, and I just continued to go faster and faster for um, many, many years. Stay with me for the journey with Hurricane Holly. That's Holly Tucker uh, up until 10 o'clock. She's my business shaper today and one of the founders of Not On The High Street. Time for some more music. It's a classic. It's Dave Brubeck with Unsquared Dance. That was, as promised, Unsquared Dance. I'm very good at keeping my promises over here. That was with Dave Brubeck. Holly Tucker's my business shaper. Um, Not on the High Street was uh, one of her inventions. Holly & Co., which we're going to hear about uh, very shortly, is one of her inventions as well. I just want to pick up on something you said earlier as well, because I think you mentioned that uh, funding right now for, for entrepreneurs is not readily available, but it's certainly much more accessible. People know the the gig, and if they don't know the gig, they can find someone to ask about access to venture capital or private equity or individual investors or families or whatever it is. Back then, it wasn't so easy in 2006, um, especially for women. And again, I've had the Albright founders over here um, on the program, Debbie Waskow, um, recently, and other people connected to it, which is now an all-female founder um, platform. I asked you what Tom saw. Um, is it that you had pitched particularly well that day or is it that he was enlightened? Not on the high street and thus Sophie and myself. Um, we have um, a, a, we had a good idea that attention to detail mattered. And um, I think that maybe at that point in time, you know, we didn't even have the first year of accounts um, ready. Uh, we didn't have the metrics that he needed. We had a very, very good, compelling story and we were able to tell a story very clearly. Uh, we were able to bring to life the small businesses so we would do videos for them. We had personalised notebooks created, hand-bound, ready for the meetings that we would go into. 
Um, I was lucky. My father was the financial director. I mean, it, it, you know, he didn't necessarily um, opt in for that job, um, but he just became it um, as we were raising money. And his career was chartered accountant uh, for General Electric for 30 years previously. So we were in pretty good hands. Um so we found ourselves pitching incredibly well because I think it was from the heart. It was a genuine uh, need from small businesses and a genuine need from um, customers. And I think when you can actually fuse genuine um, human need and want together um if you're lucky, if you are lucky and you hit the right perfect storm, and very much we thought it was a perfect storm, we managed to fuse those two things together and it just kicked off. And that in turn gives you that spark, that energy to keep running with it. Now, you, your body can't keep going, uh, but you basically know that you have to keep going. And so just year after year, um, thousand small businesses after thousand small businesses, um, we were building something that you, once you were in, you could never give up. The, the, the actual momentum and the effect it was having on customers, um, giving incredible gifts, um, having the most touching moments in their lives due to the products that these small businesses were creating. Suddenly these small businesses were going on a family holiday. They'd never been abroad before. Or their son who was dyslexic was now able to go to, to dyslexic school. You know, once you start hearing these stories, you realise that you need to take it now to the next level. How can this child, um, our business, keep going? And that meant a year after year, it needed more money. Um, again, um, it, nowadays you can have things such as crowdfunding and you have abilities to, I think banks are able to give more loans out and people are much more aware of entrepreneurship. Startups want to be part of the race. But in those days, um, they weren't. So we were finding ourselves packing our suitcases many times, um, getting into a taxi now, not necessarily the tube, um, but still with our, um, you know, our hands... Um, tied to our product and our dreams still um, looking to be seen and, and, and fulfilled. Stay with me for my final chat with Holly Tucker and find out what the next level looked like, not just for Not On The High Street, but for her personally and her new venture called Holly & Co. Plus, we'll be playing a track from Gil Scott Heron. That's all coming up after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Gil Scott Heron with the bottle. Just for a few more precious minutes, Holly Tucker is my business shaper. Holly, at the heart of what you do, and you said it a few times since we've um, been talking, is about doing good, is about looking at those the success stories behind what happens when a business does well, a small business, and giving people the pride and the belief that that is a good thing, that they don't have to aspire to do something else, that there is great um, energy and great happiness that can be derived from doing things well and beautifully, even if they're small. That is really the underpin of where Holly & Co. comes from. Tell me how the for-profit world has been replaced with, the, at the moment, the not-for-profit world and why that's really driving you today. 
Holly & Co has um, come about because over the decade um, of building Not on the High Street and watching it flourish, I was able to be privileged enough to have a bird's eye view of the journey of incredible people going from literally their kitchen table to million pound plus businesses. Um, it has been uh, an absolute privilege and roller coaster to watch so many stories develop. What I realised, though, is everyone has roughly the same journey when starting a small business. We have the same low moments. We have the same high moments. Uh, we feel alone. Um, it's a very, very lonely job running a small business um, if you don't have a team. And then when you have a team, it's very hard growing a team. And when you have a product that was a bestseller and now it's not a bestseller, what do you do? What's the word of marketing? Everything is changing so quickly. And I realised that these um, small businesses might need a place to go, um, certainly when we look at the future where 40% of people are going to be running uh, part of the freelance economy by 2020. So this is not something that when Sophie and I started, it seemed to be just the small business on the high street that was being um, kicked out. Actually, now it's about a far larger group of people who are probably going to be setting up their own small businesses. And there was nowhere where I felt that they could call home. This is not a utilitarian um, company. Uh, this is not something that you join as a customer to buy something. This is when you're a small business. You want to feel part of a collective. You're highly talented at what you do. You're creative. You've got taste. You've got style. But you might be spread across the world. Where do you go to meet like-minded people, communicate, talk, connect, share. Um, and so there wasn't um, this place. And seeing as I've dedicated my life, I've now told myself and I have, um, two small businesses and their journey. Um, the next normal step for me and what I thought was very clear, um, now I'm a little bit um, realising that the second time around isn't necessarily easier, um, was to build a home for them um, for the next um, decade at least. Now both of those things um, are to me about you identifying the need for the market to be created. Why have you been so good do you think at why is that, where's that knack for spotting the opportunity come from, if you think about it? I think I've been told over for my lifetime that um, I'm empathetic. Um, I really love people um, and I want people, maybe because I wasn't told this, that you know we all have something incredible to give. And when you're a creative small business and you are doing something amazing, not many people tell you that. And certainly over the years of not on the high street in my past, maybe that I wasn't told that. And so um, I want to be their cheerleader and their sort of virtual co-founder or um, just that that, that person to say, you know, keep on going. And I also believe that, um, you know, great things come from when an idea is truthful and when it's based on ethics and it's based on something that you truly love. Holly Tucker, Chief Huddler, uh, Chief Inspirator and all these other brilliant titles that you've got and they are true because they reflect what you do. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. Good luck with the new venture and good luck to everyone who's involved with it because actually, as you said, the community is going to drive it. That's what's really... Well, you'll know when it works when you're asleep and things are happening, which is how it should be. Um, and you should take a break as well at some point because you're working very hard, I can tell. Just, just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? My song choice is Holding On by Gregory Porter. 
And any particular reason? Um, it's when, um, as a dyslexic, I was told I never could write. And now I have a blog that I write for six times a week. And this was a song that I would play as I was working a muscle that I was told that could never work. Um, and I've now found out I'm an OK writer. And so this is a song where I just had to hold on. And uh, it means a lot to me. Phenomenal Who is just for you. shoulders I thought that it would be easier than this I thought my heart had grown colder but the warmth of your kiss that was Gregory Porter with holding on the song choice of my business shaper today Holly Tucker someone who at her core is a market spotter an opportunity spotter and she has done it repeatedly and she's doing it with her new venture Hurricane Holly as she has become known someone who's got real drive when you put the bit between her teeth she will not let go and someone who fundamentally has wanted to help people and is helping small businesses realise their potential every day and it's fantastic to see really really good stuff do join me again same time same place that's next Saturday 9am here on Jazz FM meanwhile stay with us coming up next it's Nigel Williams Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.